in the life of our congregation, there is the, the ebb and flow, just as there is in the week. And so it is that we come to the Sabbath. We know this is the day of rest. We had no idea that we would be we would be mourning the loss of our friend Peter. But it is most ironic and most appropriate that we are here on this day of rest and can give our thoughts and our hearts into the hands of God and ask him to give us rest as he has given Peter rest. So it is that we have in our text today a very short one that God finishes up his creation week. It's all done. And if you've been following this in your Bibles, as I have, I, I can do the electronic thing and it's fun, but some of us, uh, and I'm going to call out Inga particularly, uh, have Bibles that actually encourage you to write in them and or to color in them. Uh, if you ever ask Inga, she'll show you her Bible and it actually has beautiful pictures in it that she has drawn on the pages of Scripture as they have spoken to her. And I love that kind of interaction. We have prov provided each of you with the opportunity of paper and pencil in front of you. And recently, I have been receiving a picture every week from my wife. So she's busy again. This is now day seven. I've had all the days of creation through the thoughts that have come in her mind. She has drawn a picture. So if that's how you would like to interact with this moment, I say do it. And I thank LaVon for her steady work every week coming and making sure that we have paper and sharpened pencils. God is finished with his work and he says that it is very good. So today I thought we would dwell on about five words, okay? And the first couple of them really are the words good or very good. I don't know if you've noticed that, but in, in my Bible now, I have circled each one of the times in the creation account where God said it was good. In many respects, you, you realize that this is God not only saying this, but then he is also saying, good is what I have created. In this world today, there are, there are many uh, influences and there are many voices I want to put out to you today that maybe we should be listening to the good voices. Because the, the voice of God this morning is telling you, you are part of his creation, you are good. In fact, when we get to day six and he's all done with his creation, he gives you, remember when you were graded by your teacher and you got a G for good? And then you were really happy the day that you got a VG. 
a very good, I don't know, maybe I'm so old that I remember my teacher doing that on paper. You guys probably get this by email now. And, and, and I don't know, do they put VG at the bottom when they edit your papers? I don't know. Uh, my cousin, parenthetically, my cousin has instituted uh, online books in school uh, three times now. He's working on his third time down in Miami at the school where he is, where there are no textbooks anymore. It's all on your computer, and there's an intranet in school, and if you're a good A student, you get more and more access to the internet, and as you sit in class, your teacher can watch what's on your screen. Tell you what, for those control freak teachers, this is awesome. Because they know exactly what you're looking at on your screen. And you have a computer with all your textbooks and so on. So there are schools that do this. And, and I'll just tell you that several of his graduates have gone on to Southern and they don't have this yet. They still have chalk. Uh, so I'm okay with that. I, I'm sort of a chalk guy myself. So. Uh, Understand that it's a really good feeling when you get that VG on your paper and you know that it's very good. But this is God saying, <laughs> he's giving himself a grade, right? He's, he's done all of this. this. This creation has come out of his mind. Every, every detail, every cell, every interaction, every symbiosis has come out of his mind and he, he's, he's taking a step back and as he steps back and he looks at it all, he says, no, this is, not, this is not just good. This is very good. So there's a, there's a joy you can feel. There's an excitement and an enthusiasm. Well, that word, enthusiasm, means in God. So in himself, he is excited about what has happened. It's, it's not just good, it's very good from the complex, from the intricate, from the interactive, from the synergistic, from, as we talked earlier in the series, the micro to the macro, to the vast, the majestic, to the inspirational. I love that word, inspire. It's the opposite word of expire. And on a day when we are hurt because of expiration, we need to remember that God is also the God of inspiration. Second word that I want to bring to you today that you see in the text here in Genesis is rested. God rested from his work. He, he rests but the Bible tells us that he does not slumber. I like the King James in this one. He does not slumber or sleep. The only time I think of slumbering now is uh, slumber queen mattresses. Okay, we, we, we don't use the word slumber. But when you think of somebody slumbering, you think of a cartoon maybe and, 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 and the Z's going up from their head. They're slumbering, they're sleeping. God does not ever slumber or sleep, the Bible says. He, he doesn't need it. So we need to banish from our minds the fact that some think that he was tired at the end of his creation week. 
No, no, no. I think rest is far different from that. We could say that he stopped, yes. He ceased. It was done. It was concluded. And I, I just have this, this feeling that like a creator, like a painter, even a human one, he steps back. You kind of need a perspective. You need to step back from being in the midst of all that you have created. And you need to observe. And in this state of observation, I believe, is when he says, this is very, very good. He's a bit of a spectator now, if you like. Or a supporter. And I believe also he's the energizer. So it's not that he's gone to sleep. It's that he has actually flipped the switch. And everything that has come out of his head is on and buzzing and working together. And he's in the midst of this thing. I don't know if you are into trains like some people are. I hear some friends of mine are going to Switzerland for vacation this summer. And what are they going to Switzerland for? To ride trains. Apparently there are some very interesting trains for the people who like trains. But some people don't get to go to Switzerland. All they get to do is send away on Amazon and buy trains. And they spend hours in their basement making a, a topography and making mountains and tunnels and laying train track. And then the moment comes and they flip the switch and the lights come on and the engine starts to move the train and they look around and they're so happy because it's moving. It's alive. That's such a small, small piece of the way I believe God felt when he rested because he is the life source of the universe. I believe too that rested also means that he put into action a word that I'm going to use several times today. So I want you to be very understanding of this word. It is the word economy. And the word economy has to do with how things run. Like, let's just take this for example. Uh, some of you got a paycheck this week. Maybe you get one every week. What are, what, what are those, what is those dollar, what does that dollar mean? Okay, let's say, what, what's minimum wage right now? 10? 12? Okay, so you get $12 for an hour of your life. I bet you get more making subs. Okay. Uh, you get, okay, so you're a plumber, you get... $55, okay, maybe $100, $100 an hour if you're a mechanic. That's what the shop says. They're not paying the mechanic that. But they're charging you over $100 an hour to fix your car. Okay? So here we have this legal tender that says, you spend an hour doing this and we'll give you this piece of, well, it's actually not paper, is it? It's linen and other substances, and if you're Canadian, it's plastic. They've got see-through pictures on their money now. And if you are up to date with the $100 bills, they are now called what? Come on, young people, tell me. If, 
See, you're, I'm sorry, brother, but that just means that you're a little older. <laughs> Us old folks call them C-notes. Uh-huh. What do, the, what do the young people call them when they spread them out on the table now because they've got a new band on them? I just heard this this week. That's why I think I'm cool. They basically say, I got banned. I got banned. This is the new thing because the $100 bill now has this band going. Am I right? Am I right? Okay, I've got banned. Actually, I don't have banned. Maybe I'll, I'll just get a few out so that I can spread them out and say, I got banned. But this means that I have spent a, a portion of my life, which I will never get back, and, 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 and somebody gave me this piece of paper that then I can go to somebody else and say, here, Mr. Grocery Man, you brought me the groceries. I'm going to give you this piece of paper that means that you can then go and buy more groceries for me. And so it goes around and around and around. This is what we call the economy. It's how things go around, okay? And now we are talking very much about a global economy, are we not? So when various politicians want to say various things about the economy and about this country or that country and what we're going to do and how we're going to interact, you see it's almost as if we were in Santa Clarita, and somebody was saying, well, uh, gasoline at the corner, gasoline is going to go up 49 cents. I noticed that, that the one place diesel went up 40 cents this week. So the economy is how things go around. And so when I mention to you that I feel that the word God rested, I'm feeling like this was the moment in which he started up his economy, his way of things going around and around and around in our earth, in our ecosystem. We know that favorite phrase of ours that says, I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Based on what I have just told you, I believe that this is God's invitation to his human family to enter into his economy, his way of thinking about how things should go around, rather than maybe the way that we usually think of them in this planet. So life on planet Earth, I believe, is, is an opportunity to participate in God's economy, to experience the rest of God, to experience, I believe, the life that He is willing to I'm going to use, uh, I, I, I know big words, but I also want to make sure that you understand. Underwrites. How many of you have ever been declined for a loan and then you were told by the loan officer, uh, the underwriters 
who are they? These are the people who basically guarantee the loan that the bank is going to give or tell the bank this is a good one or a bad one. Don't give this person a loan. Or give. These are the people who look at you and see whether or not you're a good risk. And if they say, no, we don't want to bear the load. We don't want to underwrite for you. Then you don't get the loan. Well, God, God says, when you're here on my planet, I'm the one who underwrites. I'm the one who, who takes care. I'm the one that you participate with when you participate in the rest of God. In 2 Peter 3.13, the apostle Peter looks forward to the ultimate participation in this economy. The ultimate participation, I believe, in the economy of God will be heaven. Earth made new. Earth brought into the way that God originally had it going around and around. He will recreate it, the Bible says. He will set it right. The life giver will resurrect all those who long to experience this rest. And it is my hope today that you understand that that is the best news for humanity today. We need to be asking ourselves and we need to be asking our friends, is it your deepest desire, is it your greatest hope that you will live past death? Because that's the question that God is asking. Do you want to be part of my economy? Do you want to be part of my kingdom? Do you want to experience the ultimate version of rest? The life giver will, will resurrect those who really, really want to experience his rest. And those ones who long for his rest will be made new again and will experience that total, ultimate rest. Blaise Pascal is credited with this phrase, there is a God-shaped vacuum in every heart. There is a desire, I believe, in every human heart to be connected to the life giver's economy. God's rest, I believe, is that economy, that, that kingdom, that existence. A very little boy once was, whose name was Ben, lay, lay dying of heart problems. And as he breathed his last, he was, he was holding tightly to a piece of paper. When he passed, they, they opened his hand, and, and in his hand he had this paper and it had written on it, God has a Ben-sized hole in his heart. This is, this is what the connection between God and us is called. It's called rest. Every Sabbath, 
in memorial and in anticipation, we enter into God's rest. We participate in his economy. We, 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 we don't do it ourselves. Because <laughs> he says, put your, put your tools down. You, you can't do this. Let me, let me do this. Let me show you who I really am through my creation, through the power that I am. Let me do this. It's a wonderful, for me, it, it, it's, it's a new and exciting understanding of the Sabbath is that it is about God's provision for us. And that provision, you see, is inside of an entire idea about how he would like to live with us and have us in his, in his heart, in his kingdom. So when he loses one of us to death, there is a hole in that heart. The third word, uh, many people use it. In fact, I saw it uh, at a guy at a restaurant that I went to uh, last week. Um, he had a t-shirt on that said, blessed. How many of you, I don't know, maybe it's a new brand of clothing. Uh, blessed. Blessed. I believe that, that when God blessed the Sabbath, he started class. <laughs> you see, this, this was his way of, of showing us how we can be connected to and or explained to who he is and what he is as our creator, our father. Because you see, it is out of the mind of God that creation comes. So if you, if you think about it, every Sabbath is this opportunity to put aside all of the trappings of this world's economy, the stuff that you have to do in order to stay alive on planet Earth. You put that all aside and you can then focus on who God is and what he has done in the entire world, in the entire universe, and in your own personal life. Taking the time to, I'm just going to say it this way, to do Sabbath, to have a Sabbath in your life. And notice I use the indefinite article. Having a Sabbath in your life is very, very important and it is being noticed now by industry. Whole countries in this world are grabbing a hold of the idea that we cannot be pushing ourselves as humans seven days a week. Just doesn't work. It's not economical. Interesting that the world's economy is waking up to the fact that you cannot push humans 24-7 and expect good growth for your industry. So they're saying, maybe even as a whole country, this is France, we should have a Sabbath. We should have a day off. We should close all the stores. We should close all the factories so that people can relax. 
So if you're like me, student of Bible and history, when these sorts of things happen, you say to yourself, well, I, I heard that that was going to happen. A little lady named Ellen told us. I just didn't think that it would come because of the economy. But it makes sense. It makes sense that a Sabbath or having a Sabbath in your life is now psychologically and economically recognized as advantageous to the world global economy. I'll let your minds just linger upon that. Because you see, Sabbath was meant to be the time in which God could educate us about what's in his head, about what his thoughts are. Because you see, in six days, he poured out his mind and it became the earth. We watch uh, artists at work. I, I don't know about you, but I, I find that the doing of painting like Jackson Pollock is interesting simply because I think to myself, well, if I had enough paint, I could do that. But then you get the analysts saying things like, he, he threw that paint down on the canvas in such and such a way, or he meant this by this particular throw of the paint. If you're not familiar with Pollock's work, it looks like somebody with several gallons of paint threw them onto the canvas. There's no brush involved. It's, it's the throwing of paint that Pollock did. And people, people stand in front of his paintings for hours, believing that they can somehow bring meaning out of this of, you know, chaos. Maybe the colors speak to them, I, I don't know. But we have a chance every Sabbath to look at to look at, to see what God has created, not only in each other, but in the out of doors. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a naughty, naughty part of me that uh, always goes to the beginning, the preface to the book, Christ's Object Lessons. Yeah, you think, why would you just read the preface? Well, the stories in Christ's Object Lessons by Ellen G. White are, are Jesus' stories. So in the preface, she says, these stories should be told again, and they should be told in the places where they were originally told. So go with me. Let's, let's, let's think of one of the parables of Jesus. Where was he when he told the parable of the field and the soils and the farmer plowing? Where was he? Was, was he in church? No. So that's why I'm saying there's, there's a naughty part of me that says someday maybe we should just cancel sitting here in this building and say we're going to meet at such and such a hill and we're going to tell the stories that Jesus told in those places while he was looking at those plants. She says that, that that brings the power when you are looking into the mind of Christ and when he opens up the opportunity for you to be in his class on Sabbath 
I think that's one of the reasons that he blessed the Sabbath, was to offer us the opportunity to go inside of his mind, to concentrate on him, to converse with him. Dare I use the word commune? We talk about communion, and what comes up in our mind is the ceremony that we do in church. But what if when I say the word communion to you, you immediately think about communication? I would, I would hope that would be the case, because the word that also comes when I think of communion is intimacy. Texting back and forth directly. Blessed, down your tools, down your phones, go face to face with Christ your Savior. Psychologists are saying that this is the new thing, parents. Talking to your kids while you're looking at your phone doesn't count. Talking to your God while you're looking at your phone. Maybe I should say it doesn't count. I don't know. Maybe I won't be that harsh. But you see, God, God wants us to, to have this special time with him. We, we, we can make it all gooey and everything. But the fact is that he offers it to us and he actually builds it in to our very existence as what I call the seventh day of creation. He creates the Sabbath as this place in time so that we can have a better idea of who he is. God saw that all he had made was good, very good. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work and the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Holy. It's a word that we don't often use unless you're Catholic and you like invoking the mother of God. Holy. Stamped with God's signature. If ever there was a way in which he could sign off on the painting that he has made, this, this masterpiece known as earth, this would be the way to do it. It is his signature on his work. It is his very essence. Set apart as an indicating this is who made it. Seventh day is God's day. Always has been. Always will be. I, I, I say the French again because in the French Revolution they brought up the metric system. You, you know this, right? Some of us still use the metric system for millimeters. But did you know that they also tried to have a 10-day week? Can you imagine? You get to day nine, you're like, <laughs> day 10, oh good. Yeah, as with your feelings right now, it didn't last. 
Because we are hardwired as the creation of a, a loving creator God. We are hardwired for seven days. Six days shalt thou labor. And on the seventh day, I want you to stop your labors, stop your efforts to take care of yourself, and I want you to rest. And I know, I know that that often means on Sabbath a trip to the bed springs. I go there myself. And, and I'm going to say, with the way that life is going these days, that's okay. But then I also talk many times with Chris, my wife, about the fact that Jesus spent Sabbath particularly interested in freeing people from the captivities that they were captivated by. Healing people. New bodies, uh, uh, feeding people, uh, keeping them alive, bringing them joy. We have dreamed many times about reorganizing the traditions of the Seventh-day Adventist church, even just in one local church. I don't know if you'd play along, but we have dreamed about five o'clock church. Any people like to sleep in? Hmm, I, I thought so. But what if we spent the rest of the day doing what Jesus did on his Sabbath? And then all got together at five o'clock and said, hey, uh, uh, did you see Jesus today? Be, be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Maybe we'll try it sometime and, and, and see who shows up. I know, we're all geared for 11 o'clock, right? But some of us say, boy, if I didn't have to come till 5, that'd be great. I could get a lot done. And then I would say, uh, but would it be what Jesus would do? And if it is, great. Because I think he deliberately did certain things on Sabbath to say what he said out of his own mouth, that the Sabbath was what? Made for humanity not humanity for the Sabbath. It's a gift. It's a gift of time, something we all need. In Exodus, we have the Ten Commandments. Uh, your homework tonight uh, is to read Exodus 19. And you're thinking, Pastor, aren't the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20? Yes, they are. But I want you to read Exodus 19 because they are the Exodus 19 is the preamble. It's a legal document, ladies and gentlemen. It's a legal document, and there is a preamble to 20, and it's in 19. 20 are the stipulations of the legal document. And when you get to the end, you hear the people saying, All that he has said, we will do. Baloney. <coughs> No way that they ever intended to do everything that he said. But in the moment, they were signing the document verbally and saying, all that he has said, we will do. Remember the seventh day to keep it holy. Set it apart. 
It's special to God. He, he made it holy. He said, I'm going to be the one to take care of everything. The bill is on me. Come and rest with me and I'll pay for it. Don't ever forget that the, the Israelite people were given an incredible gift of time, not only on the Sabbath, but also every seven years. There was supposed to be a Sabbath year in which nobody worked. Everybody took the year off. Can I hear an amen to God's economy? Man, I mean, come on. He said, I'll feed you. You take the year off. I'm ready for that economy. I really am. I guess people just didn't like what came after seven of those. The Jubilee. Because you had to give back everything that you had borrowed during the previous 49 years. The land always went back to the person it was originally given to by God. They didn't like that concept. So when Jesus came and he was in church one day in Nazareth and he said, this is the Jubilee and I am proclaiming that this is the acceptable year of the Lord and, and, and it's, it's for everybody in the whole world. That's why they took him to the brow of the hill and fully intended to throw him off was because he was going to bring about his economy and they wanted nothing to do with it. Jesus says, this is my day. This is my place in time. Time that I created. Time that I have given to all humanity so that they could enjoy me. Being one with the ultimate oneness that is Elohim. The one that was at creation. So, Today, I believe in one sentence, here it is. We are blessed to rest in the holiness of our God. And it is very, very good. Even as we mourn, even as we celebrate, even as there are those who have come to the completion of their scholastic achievement, even as we bask in the presence of the Son of Righteousness, we know that there is a time ahead. That there is a work to be done. That there is pain to be borne. That there is hope to be embraced. That there is joy to be danced. My friends, there is Sabbath. Amen.